0: This is Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, each and every Tuesday at 4 o'clock. We bring you the latest medical information and alternative news that you can use for the health and well-being of yourself and your family and friends. Along with Dr. Jerry and Dr. Dan, you will have 150 years of total medical experience. We appreciate your listening and referring us to your friends. Please stay tuned for today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron here on a beautiful day here in Southwest Florida. We are brought to you each and every Tuesday at 4 p.m. from the Southwest Florida area. I'm accompanied by Dr. Jerry and Dr. Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for making us the number one listen to Health Radio Internet station here in Southwest Florida. Our podcast is doing very well, and I want to thank all of you for your support Uh, I want to give you two addresses. Our email address is docronradio, D-O-C-R-O-N radio at gmail.com. And our Facebook page is Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. Really appreciate uh, your listening, and uh, that is the reason why we continue to work and to bring you a show full of uh, uh, information. But to start the program... any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Well, I want to start out the program by quoting something from the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama said, what thing about humanity surprised, they asked the Dalai Lama, what thing about humanity surprises you the most? And his answer was man. Man. Because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices his money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he doesn't enjoy the present. And as a result, he doesn't live in the present or the future. And he lives as if he's never going to die. And then he dies having never really lived. So ladies and gentlemen, carpe diem. Take control of yourself. Enjoy every day. And as this show unravels today, um, I hope we can continue to convince you to be the CEO of your own body, to be able to gather information and to act on it. Because I hope uh, what I'm going to read to you, uh, some information I have today about the the, the physicians of today and how they have changed. When Dr. Dan and I were practicing, Uh, I keep getting reports from my friends. They go to see a physician. And all he has is an iPad. He listens to your chest through a shirt, not even on the bare chest like we were taught. There's no palpation. There's no observation. The history is taken by a a nurse's assistant or a PA. Uh, They're only concerned with the test and getting on to the next patient. Very little diagnostic uh, ability in the examining room, always relying on tests. And I hear this day in and day out. And what is equally disturbing is people are telling me they're seeing by seeing in the office by a physician assistant or a, a nurse practitioner. And when they get their Medicare bill, it is billed as a physician's office visit. That's for Medicare to determine, ladies and gentlemen. So today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dr. Dan has joined us. We'll introduce, here, introduce him in a second. Uh, Dr. Jerry is on his way back from Italy. As you know, he donates his time twice a year to treat uh, uh, disabled children along with the uh, uh, Douglas Doman. Of, uh, and we had I, uh, Agnes Doman on the show a couple weeks ago. They do a lot of good work with disabled children, getting them uh, uh, to do incredible things. And I'm sure he'll have some great stories for us. With that in mind, i uh, introduce Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan, how are you, sir?
1: Fine, Dr. Ron, how are you today?
0: We're doing good, Dan. Uh this is going to be a, a good day. We have lots of information to give our audience and uh are you uh, did you do anything with sunscreens, Dr. Dan?
1: Um I I did a I I looked at the uh the article uh, uh quickly and I meant to go over again, I didn't have time. But uh All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get to
0: We'll get to that in a minute. uh, They can be
1: good and they can be bad. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, we'll talk about that. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, there's a time of year when, you know, you you see everybody squishing sunscreen all over their bodies. Uh, So, you know what, I wasn't going to hit that topic right off the bat, but let's do it. Uh, So, ladies and gentlemen, if I told you try something with proven risks and no proven benefits, would you agree with me?
1: Absolutely. Now, what's up?
0: If I told you to try something with proven risks and no proven benefits, would you agree with that? Oh, no. No. Then why the heck are people still wearing sunscreens, Dr. Dan? Despite all the propaganda claiming this stuff will cut your risk of skin cancer, despite the relentless push from doctors and dermatologists, and despite the fact that everyone is slathering this stuff all over their bods, Before going out, a new report exposes the ugly reality of the science behind the sunscreen. Guess what, Dr. Dan? There's no science. It does not exist. That's right. Absolutely nothing out there proves sunscreens cut the risk of skin cancer. In fact, I could only find one high-quality study that compares sunscreens to other measures like wearing a hat and guess what? It found no difference at all in the number of skin cases. Zip, zilch, nada, or Dr. Dan Niente. But if niente, you think that's going to, <laughs> but if you think that's going to stop, stop the sunscreen PR machine, think again. Even the about researchers this, behind the study are practically brainwashed because they're urging people to wear sunscreen despite despite the fact that I what I just said. There is that. There's no reliable evidence that it works. And that's not even the crazy part, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready for this. They say you should keep wearing it no matter what and not to expect any proof it works because it would be unethical to properly study it. Do you understand that, ladies and gentlemen? There's nothing out there that proves it works. They say they're not going to study it because they, don't, they think it's unethical to study this. It's a catch-22, wacky. It's the wackiest scheme I ever heard of. They claim that they can't randomly assign volunteers to not use sunscreen since that would increase their cancer risk, even though their own study finds there's no proof that sunscreens prevent cancer. I'll tell you what, this this is a mind head-spinning statement, but don't worry. They're out to confuse, and, and Dr. Dan and I are here to help you clear it up because I've got everything you need to know about sunscreens in a single word. Don't. Don't. Sunscreen is a mad scientist blend of dangerous chemicals that can enter the body and wreck your, your, your body from the inside, and some of them can even cause cancer. One ingredient, retinal palmitate, can actually speed the growth of skin tumors when exposed to UV light. You heard me. Yes, that's right. You're thinking of the light from the sun. Yes. Another com- common chemical in these uh, 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 sunscreens is linked to sex problems. or hormone disruptors. And those are just two that are in the sunscreen. The rest are no better off. You know, you got to be careful when you're out in the sun, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but you just don't want to put these chemicals on on your body so let's uh let's just talk about a couple of them all right let's talk about oxybenzone, common sunscreen ingredient penetrates the skin gets into the bloodstream stream guess what it acts like estrogen it acts like a female hormone not good for men and not good for women it's been linked to endometriosis in older women and lower birth birth weights in newborn girls Adolescent boys with high oxybenzone levels have lower total testosterone, and it may contribute specifically to lower sperm levels. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Guess what oxybenzone can also do? It can trigger itchy, eczema-like allergic reactions. Okay? So the inactive ingredient of concern methyl lysothiazalanone, was named the 2013 Allergen of the Year by the American Contact Dermatitis Society. Guess what? The the number of sunscreens containing this drug, according to the Environmental Working Group, 94. The number that are marketed to children containing this chemical, 6. Skin cancer triggering ingredient. Remember I mentioned that retinol palmitate. It's a form of vitamin A, ladies and gentlemen. And government studies show it could speed the development of skin tumors and lesions. Okay? It's that it, it ranges between 6 and 15% of this in sunscreens. Okay? So vitamin A ingredients that you want to read on the label to avoid are vitamin A, retinol, retinol acetate and retinol linoleate and retinol palmitate and of course these things give you a false sense of security ladies and gentlemen sky-high SPFs above 50 that only refers to the protection against UVB listen to me ladies and gentlemen UVB rays that burn the skin not the UVA r- uh, rays and guess what you know spray sunscreen poses serious inhalation risk and make it too easy to miss the spot or not to apply enough of the sunscreen. So 27% increase in the number of spray sunscreens in the EWG 2017 report. So you can inhale these toxic products. So the EWG, environmentalworkinggroup.org, they say almost three fourths of the products that they examined offer inferior sun protection or contain worrisome ingredients like the ones we just mentioned that may harm your skin. Their conclusion is most sunscreens do not work. Nearly 75% of analyzed sc- sunscreen products that don't offer adequate sun protection or contain worrisome ingredients linked to hormone disruption or increased skin damage and cancer risk. Ladies and gentlemen, please. Uh, the one thing that this, this report didn't mention is that you know these the, SPF 8 blocks 90% of your vitamin D uptake. And, you know, vitamin D deficiency, we've talked about it here. It's linked to certain cancers, autoimmune diseases, heart disease, depression, osteoporosis, ladies, and many other ailments. So it's important to get enough. Like almost anything else, though, you can get too much of a good thing. You want to make sure you avoid sunburns, okay? sunscreen should be your last resort to prevent sunburns. In fact, there's no clear evidence that using sunscreens actually prevents skin cancer, I mean, isn't that incredible? It's an incredible statement. It comes from the Environmental Working Group uh, study of sunscreens, okay? So the sun does have some good things, right? It helps your body build important stores of immune-protecting vitamin D, okay? Really important for you. But you want to avoid too much of a good, good thing. And sunscreens, the good ones, the mineral-based ones, can protect you uh, against a bad burn. But you got to be careful the other ones have toxic chemicals and inadequate protection. So, you need good sun protection programs. Find a shade or make shade. Don't forget your sunglasses because they protect your eyes from UV radiation. Avoid the most intense sun and be UV savvy. Check out the UV index and get yourself to prevent uh, overexposure. So, what do you think, Dr. Dan?
1: Dr. Ron, uh, uh, question on uh, some some questions on because I I did go over some of that I didn't get to the whole thing the way I wanted to because there wasn't time I just got it today. Um, the the um, what, what about zinc? Well, zinc uh, oxide, zinc as long they,
0: as it's not nano, is the basic ingredients of all the sunscreens that uh, were recommended by the Environmental Working Group.
1: Do you like okay. zinc? Or you don't like these. Well, it's
0: not only I like it, but it's one that's been proved to be sick. Zinc zinc oxide and it's in uh, blue lizard, it's in uh one that my family uses Badger. Uh, it's in okay. that one. It's in, Okay. Uh it's a good good product, you just don't want anything nano, ladies and gentlemen, Doctor Dan, because nano products are very small particles and they may actually get into your blood and we don't we really don't know enough about them yet.
1: And of course we have to limit the amount of sun that we get too. I mean we we have to get a certain amount of sun every day if you want the vitamin D or to take your uh supplements, which which I do. I take my supplements anyway just to be safe. Try to try to keep it between 50 and 70. Um nanograms. That's a good
0: point. That's an excellent point to bring up.
1: Okay. Yeah, because uh, uh, you you don't want your uh vitamin D level at 25 or 30. Like they if you get back the test, then you go to your usual doctor who doesn't touch you anymore. I can't believe it. I can't believe when you and I were practicing and before that other doctors that we were examined. All these tests right. are going over. To you take these meds. And stuff. Then they come up to you for two seconds, just about touch you and say goodbye. I'll see you next time.
0: Yep. It's scary. It is sad. It's a sad commentary. And that's why we, we, we're, we have the uh, Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored podcast every week to try and give you some information that you can use so you can live longer and live healthier. Uh, and, and we tell you, be the CEO of your body. Take time to listen and educate yourself. Uh, right. You have, uh, to be
1: your, you have to be your own doctor along with your doctor. And when you go to your doctors, please bring a list with you. Write down every question you want to ask. Make sure you get the questions in, and then write down, even if you have to quickly, write down the answers, the correct answers, I hope, so, so that you know what, if, what if to if do when doctor, you get home. What
0: if the doctor doesn't he says, that's too many questions? What do you do?
1: Say, uh, I didn't come here. Uh, you have to be a little bold sometimes. You, you have to be a little bold, and you have to stand up to the doctor. And say, look, I came here because I need help. If I didn't need help, I wouldn't be here. So I want you Would to you? give me the answers. That's why I'm your patient. And write them down when you get home. Keep lists. Don't just throw everything away and forget about it, because then you won't know what to do. But, but don't be afraid of the doctor, and don't be afraid to call the doctor. Don't ever say, uh, well, the doctor didn't call me. My test must be normal. That's something I get from a lot of people, even today. Well, I guess my tests are okay. It's two, three weeks. Be careful. Call the call up. Make sure those tests were normal. There might be something abnormal that sometimes you won't get, you will not get called on, and then you're in serious trouble. Excellent. You know, what it, 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 it could Excellent. get past the physician.
0: Yeah, uh, they just don't pay enough attention anymore. Hardly anyone does, ladies and gentlemen. It's partly, and 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 we'll get to, to to the reason why in a minute. But I I want to want to tell tell you something. And, and you trust Google?
1: No, I don't trust Google. even myself.
0: <laughs> you know what? Here here's the no, report. We're Google, every no, where's to trust Google? I don't. Day, wait hear this, Dan. Every mm. day, millions of doctors turn to Doctor Google for help. No. Uh huh.
1: Did and what may be the, the
0: surest sign that the entire medical industry is flat out doomed, I found a survey that finds that medical and pre-med students use Google more than their textbooks.
1: Nearly no. a third
0: of them said they go online to get medical information at least 20 times per day. The 180 med and pre-med students surveyed were also no. asked to rank their top sources of medical information. Care to guess who finished number one? Merck Manual? Nope.
1: The person that you're
0: Nope. WebMD? Nope.
1: Once no. again,
0: Google finished top with 47% of those 180 students saying they turned to the search engine first.
1: I got more oh, right here, it is, ladies and
0: gentlemen. One third of the students didn't even go to WebMD. And that's, you know, that's a pharmaceutical website now, ladies and gentlemen. It was bought by, bought by Big Pharma, but they didn't even go there. One-third uh, of the students chose medical websites over Google, but don't take too much comfort in that, ladies and gentlemen. In most cases, they went to websites based on Google rankings, not based on how thorough and reliable and up-to-date the information is. Just 7%, ladies and gentlemen, 7% say they chose medical text first. Okay? Of course, the best information costs money, and anyone hoping to make a living in the field should have a subscription to the top medical websites aimed at professionals. But 40% of the students gripe that pay was a problem. Okay? So they're turning to free information. And too often that information is exactly worth what they pay for it. Well, it makes what percentage is using
1: Harrison like we did, which is a tremendous yeah. Cool yeah, book? Yeah, I mean, These, you these remember kids Harrison are not doing it.
0: Okay, they're right. not doing it, Doctor Dan.
1: No, they're not buying it. They cost a lot of money now, way more than what you and I paid. But still, it is the best book around.
0: But many of these students are right. They're, they're, they're the right now, Dan, of medicine. OK, yeah. they're they're are wow. the corporate medical practice, higher up docs fresh out of school because they're younger, cheaper and easier to control. Now, you know why? So I might my point is, let this be a lesson to you. It might seem like younger docs would have newer and better information, but most of them are getting that information the same way you can. They Google it. Now, I'm not hmm. saying older doctors are always better, but I will say older docs almost always are better. So with few exceptions, make sure your own physician has been around the block a few times. Make sure he's seen what goes on in the real world, not just on Google.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. if you have
0: an older, experienced doc on your team, I'm gonna recommend you, you keep him, ladies and gentlemen. Right Dan? Right right like us.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, you know, but we're keeping up because of this program, but you know, we don't they're, practice they're, anymore, yeah.
1: You know, the young so. the
0: young guys the young guys out there are googling. I mean, it's really, it's really serious stuff, and and uh, it, it just shows you why we spend the most of any developed nation in the world. Yet we rank down the bottom in far, as far as outcomes. I mean,
1: we're we're a sick nation.
0: Uh, we're spending a lot for people to Google.
1: Crazy. I could uh, uh, bring up some other things too, like concierge doctors. Is, is this good? I don't, I don't know what your, your opinion on you know, concierge doctor is, and. Um, uh, one of the doctors that I was going to I can't go to anymore for some specialty stuff because he became an internet doctor and I don't even know what that means he's well, only on the internet I,
0: well that that was started by actually a, a fellow from Chester believe it or not uh, no Kessler. Kessler. Oh, Woodrow Kessler actually started that in the mid 70's I remember him remember Woody he was a PhD Woody, thing.
1: Woody we used to call him right Woody Kessler
0: Yeah. Well, he actually started some of this. He started doing consultations over the phone and then started over the Internet. And basically what it is is a Skype interview. And a lot of physicians are doing that now. And you present your uh, laboratory work and whatever. In fact, we might start start it on this show at some point. And Mm -hmm. we'll give you an opinion of what we think is wrong. In other words, I was golfing with a guy. Ladies and gentlemen, I golf three days a week, so you'll hear me mention that a lot. But golfing mm-hmm. with a fellow, and he says, uh, yeah, all my tests are normal. What should I do? Uh, so I look at his test. His, his vitamin D level was 29. The Which guy has concerned. Parkinson's disease. Right. I say, right. your, your tests aren't normal. Okay, you really should. Oh, well, you know, you're not practicing. My guy said these are okay. I said, well, you know, God bless you. You know, I said, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and he's a guy that that slathers sunscreen over his body. He's white as could be. And, uh, of course, he didn't you know, I don't know why he asked for my opinion if he's not going to at least uh, say, well, maybe I'll, I'll ask him if it should be higher. But the normal range from 25 to 90 in his life, it was 28. Now, sure, it's in the normal range for sick people.
1: Right. Not in right.
0: functional range, right, Dan?
1: No, no. and We won 50 to 70. Am I correct, Ron?
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. In fact, President Obama's was uh, below 50, and they put him on supplements
1: to get oh, it there over There you 50. go.
0: So, okay. ladies and gentlemen, please, you know, uh, if so, uh, that's, Dr. Dan made a good point. If you, you had a blood test and you don't get a call about your blood test or any test that you have done, Please follow up on it because it could have slipped through the cracks. And if they say everything is normal, uh, ask for a copy.
1: I will, I will give you uh, um, in, in a fa- – in my family, this actually happened. The doctor was on vacation. And I expect my uh, – I expect don't, – don't listen when you hear – your test will be ready in two weeks. That's not true. Most tests are, are done pretty, pretty quickly. And uh, some pathology tests might take a little longer. Well, this particular test, doctor's on vacation. All right, I'll wait a few days. I waited. Two weeks went by, and I I kept getting phone calls from the family member. Well, I finally called, and I told him a thing or two, and I got my answers. Thank God everything was okay. But if something wasn't okay, what happens in that case? And you forget about it and say, "Well, I presuppose it was okay because I didn't get a phone call. Not a good attitude.
0: The other thing, ladies and gentlemen is is uh, and I'll probably post this next week because it's a pretty big post. I don't know how much I can post on my Facebook page, but the functional values uh, for for the different tests, whereas uh, there's the pathological values that the uh, laboratory gives your physician gives you a range that's normally found in sick people. But there are functional values, like uh, just take vitamin D since we're talking about it. Uh, anywhere between 25 and 90 is in a normal range. Uh, but the functional range is 50 to 80, so that's where you need to be. So that's, the, that's where healthy people are. So that's when they study healthy people. So uh, I'll get that up and we'll talk about that. And that, that's going to bring me uh, to, to something else that we're going to uh, talk about in a couple of weeks. And that is some, some blood tests that you really need and that really makes sense. And there are certain tests that, can, that have a prediction, predictive value. They're predictive biomarkers. They include hemoglobin A1C, high sensitivity C-reactive protein, Homocysteine, oxidized LDL, oxidized HDL, vitamin D, first morning urine pH, and LRI by Alyssa. Well, we're going to save that for another day because it's going to take a lot of explaining. But these are these are tests that have a predictive value for your your health. Okay, so um, the functional value and certain blood tests that are really good that you probably should get done. Doctor Dan, let me let me let me bring up another point. Since we're on this thing about uh, medical students, mm-hmm. let, me, let me let me get get the duct tape. I'll blow I'll, uh, I'll probably blow your mind with this one. <laughs> you know you know thousands of medical students are right now. They're getting ready to go to school, ladies and gentlemen. They're itching to get the best darn education that fifty to one hundred thousand dollars a year can afford. Right. But when? Right. But when these would-be doctors graduate, it looks like they'll be tossing a heck of a lot more than toilet paper and streamers out their dorm windows. There's a good chance they'll be throwing away every shred of evidence-based science they spent 4 years learning, and before you know it, you or some of the one you love is going to be treated by Dr. Pill Pillpusher MD. That's my that's my name, Dr. Pillpusher MD. I made that up. <laughs> According to a study out of Harvard Medical School, uh, this isn't out of Podunk Medical School, this is Harvard Medical School. Billion dollar drug companies have hijacked medical education in a filthy, corrupt manner that ought to leave teachers' unions more jealous. Well, you're going to like this one, Dan, than a bald man in a wig shop. (laughs) <laughs> but these fat cats aren't just fighting for longer breaks and six-hour workdays. They're trying to steal the very soul of American medicine. The researchers mm. from Harvard found that the more time medical students spent with big pharmaceutical representatives, the more they were likely to stop relying on medical journals and evidence, evidence ladies and gentlemen, to treat patients. Talk about a lazy way out, ladies and gentlemen. These kids, and they are kids today. They're not even real doctors yet when they're in medical school. Most of them, they they can't find stuff at the hospital, John. But just like you, socking away a few hundred bucks a month in their 401 account. That's what big pharma is investing into these kids. They're, that's their 401k account when they give these kids stuff. Researchers found that drug companies were handing out gifts to medical students and jetting them to tropical uh, conferences uh, where they were more likely to read the back of a rum bottle than a journal article. Interaction with, this, is, this is from Harvard. They're not my words. Interaction with drug company reps increased. a draw, dropping 169% between the students – I'm sorry, increased – this is from the journal, so let me read it again. I'm reading this part of it. Interaction with drug company reps increased by a jaw-dropping 196, not 169% between students' first and fourth year of medical school. And the kids who spent the most time listening to fairy tales at Uncle Big Pharma's Knee were 15% less likely to prescribe drugs based on science. Mm-hmm. One of the company, country's top medical researchers says there's no educational justification for letting drug sales reps within a hundred yards of students. Uh, good luck,
1: good luck. Okay. Do you also remember you, Freddy, what it cost nice. to go to school back then, Dr. Ron? It cost it cost nothing compared to what it costs now to go to school. Back 50 well, years ago.
0: Yeah, sure, but now. 94% of the largest drug companies selling into the United States market, now if this doesn't seal the deal, 94% of them have board members serving in major leadership roles at U.S. medical schools. Mm-hmm. Okay. So between them giving the kids gifts, and most of the board of directors of the major medical schools controlled by uh, big pharma executives, Again, I get back to the point that Dr. Dan Hyde talked about. You have to be the CEO of your own body. You have to get educated. You have to uh, read. And even the, the, what we're telling you, check us out. Okay? It's really important that you do that, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, let me take a quick break for a commercial from Dr. Ron. Uh, Dr. Ron's a son of mine, uh, he's, he's in uh, Naples, Florida. He's the one, he's the, he has the only nitrogen gas chamber in uh, South Florida. Uh, he has treated members of the Boston Red Sox tre- team during spring training. He treats a lot of uh, high-end uh, athletes. And just recently when my wife fell over some construction boards and got all bruised up after two treatments in the uh, nitrogen chamber, she was back playing tennis or bruises uh Healed up 50% faster than I've ever seen So listen to Dr. Ryan We'll talk a little bit about this Because he has some new ideas And uh, we'll be back One minute this is Dr. Ron Repesey of Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa, your place to chill at 239-658-COOL. If you've not heard of whole body cryotherapy and suffer with back pain, joint pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia, or you're an athlete that wants quick recovery from sports injuries, then come chill with us at Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Cryospa Cryo Spa treatments take only three minutes and are supervised by physicians. Sessions are one-on-one in a private environment. Each treatment can also burn 5 to 800 calories. As seen on Dr. Oz, Cool Cryo Spa is truly amazing technology. Let's hear what Dr. Kurt Biggs, a well-respected orthopedic surgeon in Naples, has to say about Cool Cryotherapy. Hi, I'm Dr. Biggs at the Joint Replacement Institute. Since I started applying the Cool Cryo Sauna, my patients are
1: healing much quicker and athletes are seeing quick recovery. I recommend this procedure for my surgical patients and athletes. Call Dr. Repicy now to schedule your Cool Cryo trial session. 239-658-COOL. 239-658-2665. Located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road in the New World Italian Bistro Row Plaza. Rejuvenations, Cool Cryo Spa. Come chill with us.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Cool Cryo Spa, and uh, and uh, Cryo, uh, and NaplesCryo.com will get you to that site. Uh, cool Cryo will get you to that site. It's really an interesting uh, procedure. It only takes three minutes uh, uh, to accomplish, and you get a tremendous uh, release of endorphins. You get a decrease in cytokines, which are inflammatory hormones. Uh, The post-op knee patients that Dr. Biggs sends over to Dr. Ron's uh, cryo office, they heal much quicker. They're walking and less swelling. Uh, And also uh, Dr. Ron has some programs for uh, weight loss because uh, each uh, cryo session burns up around 600 calories on average. Uh, that plus is lipolite, which is a, uh, a 635 nanometer LED light, which makes fat cells like go from a, a grape to a raisin. And tomorrow we'll be making some YouTube videos of that, and just to show you what can happen. So between the lipolite, the cavi lipo, which is spot reduce, is an ultrasound, which you, where you can spot reduce certain areas. Uh, he can offer you uh, a weight loss program, an anti-aging program, of course, pain relief. If you have fibromyalgia, you're not sleeping well, you're always achy, you, it, it would be a great idea to try the cryo uh, chamber at, at his office. at uh, Right at the intersection of Pine Ridge and Goodlett, uh, there's a noodles restaurant there. Uh, excellent uh Facility. He just got a new one, new new chamber in from Europe. It is even better than the first chamber that he had, and uh I can I can recommend it. And I did send my wife there, so I can't tell you more than that. So, Doctor Dan.
1: Yes, Doctor. We have Dr. Ron.
0: about we've talked about the docs, the difference between the way we were educated and how we had to do uh, physical exams and, and, and come up with a diagnosis before we ordered the blood, uh, before we ordered any laboratory tests. And uh, I remember, you remember Dr. Uh, Dr. Brest? Oh, Albert, Albert Brest, sure. Yeah. Okay, he's he, he's the one that said all the tests are normal. Go examine the patient.
1: Exactly. Get a good history and physical, which is the most good. And P was the most important thing, history and physical. Yeah. But then First we know. The history, well, examine them.
0: Yeah, we knew just about what was wrong with them if we took a good history.
1: Right, and and then the tests were secondary. Today they're making the test primary. Yep. And yeah, so, get, get asked the same questions, which I'm so tired of. Are you still taking? I'm going to tell them next time. I'm taking everything that I said I was taking, and I'll tell you what I'm not taking. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get a little, I get a little perturbed, and I tell the truth, and uh, they don't like it. But that's too bad <laughs> because
0: well, I mean, we need
1: drugs. to get the best medical care we can. Yeah. We Especially in America, where uh, we're not number one like everybody thinks we are.
0: We're number one in spending.
1: Exactly. Just, just like I said, the cost of going to medical school and college and every other school, which didn't cost us any money back when you and I went to school, some of them were free, are costing a fortune today that some people can't afford it. Most, a lot of people can. And that's part of our problem.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, there's, there's two areas that I would like to, to turn the direction of this show on, show two, before we go. And that, and that one, just a quick, quick mention again about non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. You know them as NSAIDs, and they can be Aleve, Ibuprofen, uh, what else,
1: Dan? What are the kinds Volterin um, uh, let's see, Aleve, Ibuprofen, Vol- Motrin. Motrin. Motrin, Motrin, anything that you look in parentheses that says Ibuprofen, you know it's Uh, uh, Naproxen? Did you mention Naproxen? Yeah, Naproxen. Well, let let me uh, me
0: just say, I want to reiterate this. I did talk about it in February. It came out February 2nd in the Journal of Infectious Diseases. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't take away anything, please remember this. Nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory drug use during an acute respiratory infection. Increases the risk for acute myocardial infarction, that's a heart attack, 3.4 fold if taken by mouth, 7.2 fold with parenteral, that's by an injection, compared with baseline risk without NSAID use, okay? Experts agree clinicians should take this into account when, when treating a, a person for an acute respiratory infection. Now, you have an infection that probably is caused by a virus anyway, and now you take a Motrin drug because you have a little fever, and then you have a heart attack. Uh, in my book, that just doesn't add up, ladies and gentlemen. Not good. Right. So there's all kinds of chemical reasons, and they have to do with cytokine production and macrophages or whatever. But I'm just giving you the the meat of this whole article uh, from uh, Ontario, Canada. They all agree, there are other researchers all around the world, that the pro-coagulation and pro-inflammatory effects with the combination of an acute respiratory infection and NSAIDs may set up the perfect storm for the conditions to cause a cardiac event, namely a myocardial infarction. Published February 2nd, 2017, Journal of Infectious Diseases. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not making this up. I mean, there it is. I'm not making it up. It's good research, peer-reviewed journals. And what, I'm, what, what I was going to open up with today is how many times we've we been talking about PPIs, proton pump inhibitors. Well, the, the strongest warning ever issued about these drugs, it just came out from Washington University School of Medicine. That's in St. Louis, and talking about reference books, Doctor Dan and I well, we probably had a, little, a Washington School of Medicine um, uh, book in our in our pockets when we were making rounds. Right, it's a great great institution, right, Dan? Right. Well, right. wait to hear what they have to say. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about Nexium and Prelozik, Okay, and you can get them on the shelves now, right?
1: Over the counter. To get
0: yeah, over the counter. If you, if i want to bring that, I, I I have notes on that. I'm going to talk about in a second. If you, to give you an idea of the magnitude of the risk, the study contains the word death, death, seventy eight times. What the researchers found was so shocking, you would think the FDA would step in, right? But they're right. leaping behind, ladies and gentlemen. If stomach acid is a problem, there's some simple ways to control it. But would you put your life in jeopardy? Washington University School of Medicine, St. Louis, sounding the alarm about these acid-suppressing proton pump inhibitors. Death 78 times. No matter how you sliced and diced the data, they said they saw the same thing. And that was from the senior author of the study. And that thing, that thing is in quotes, was an increased risk of death. Gosh, what more do you need? The St. Louis research team examined the records of millions of veterans that spanned over six years. They compared the vets who took these drugs to another group who used a different type of acid suppressors. They're called H2 blockers, and you might know them as as the Tagamet-type drugs. They were the first ones out. And they found that the longer these vets took the PPI drugs, the greater the risk of death and just. One to two years of popping these medications, the average risk of dying was an astronomical 50% higher than it was for the vets who took the H2 blockers. And we know that for many of these people, these drugs are a lifetime commitment, one that can easily become a death sentence. 78 times they mentioned that word. But even taking these drugs for under a year isn't safe. The short term PPI users still had a 25% higher risk of death. While the exact cause of death wasn't listed on the data the researchers use, you can just fill in the blanks because we've talked about them. They cause liver failure. Just a few months ago, uh, we talked about PPIs destroying your kidneys silently and gradually over time. We talked about bone risk fractures in the past. Breaking a hip or spine won't do much for your longevity, ladies and gentlemen. And don't expend... And here's, here's the part, Dan, that I wanted to bring up. You can't mm-hmm. find that warning on packages of over-the-counter meds. Why? Because it's only mentioned in the prescription versions. Mm-hmm. Breaking bones using PPI is not mentioned in over-the-counter. In a wink and a nod, the big pharmaceutical company, uh, back when the drugs were made to leave from being available only as a prescription, the FDA said it would be fine to leave out that little notice so it could be sold over-the-counter. So they don't have to tell you and remind you that these drugs can cause bone fractures. And remember, you know, these drugs were only meant to be used for a short period of time, 14 days to 6 weeks. Seriously, ladies and gentlemen, people take these drugs for long times, and, they, they, and and you can't tell me the FDA doesn't know that. I don't believe it.
1: So I know people are peptides, on that are for years and years and years and have no idea about the side yeah. effects.
0: You, you know what? You know, what's really scary? All right, you could break a bone, you break a hip, you break a spine, but you know it's, it's found to up your risk of esophageal cancer, Dan. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a bad one. That's a killed a good friend of our son. Bad cancer increases very, your very, chance of very, having a heart attack or stroke, right? Right.
1: Very, very, uh, very, very low uh, survival rate.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: It's
0: so, ladies and gentlemen, we've talked about PPIs, and uh, you know, I, I really would like to see you keep listening to the program. And I would uh, advise you if any of your loved ones are taking these drugs. It's time to get them to stop. But please, you need to be under care of a physician because they have what's called a rebound phenomenon, and you could have they they could go through some of the worst withdrawal. That's why Dr. Um, Douglas used to call these the purple crack because they're so mm. addictive. It takes a whole program to get off of them.
1: The purple crack. I'd like the I'd like some of the people to uh, really look at the commercials. And watch how they, with the big smiles on their faces. And you notice most of the commercial is negative. If you pay attention to it, it can cause this, that, this and, this, and this, and this, and this, and that, and the other thing. You have to look at the negative part of the commercial and not just the positive part. You know what I'm saying, Ron?
0: I do know, yeah. And you, you, that, that's, that takes up 60% of the commercials, all the things that could go wrong.
1: And this, this guy's dancing around with the diabetes, and he's going around. I'm looking at the guy. What is this? First of all, if I saw a guy like that, I think he was crazy, and, yeah. and number one. And then it's telling you all the bad side effects, but this is good for you to take. Be careful with any new drug that comes out. This has always been my opinion. This is my personal opinion. I would wait two or three years before I ever used a new drug. I mentioned this before, to make sure it was safe for my patients. And by that time, I would hopefully they would decide whether it would hurt people or help people in in the long run.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Yep. we have okay. to get to a
0: point where, where we say, do we really need the pills we're taking
1: before we go We might have gone to the same school, you and I. You know that? <laughs> okay, well, we had
0: Hobart Ryman. He's still my hero. He wasn't my hero. Oh, Hobart, was school, he was he was I fantastic, wasn't the
1: he? The man was a genius.
0: He probably was a he probably was like sixty, seventy years old, but it, to me he seemed like he was ninety when I was in
1: school. <laughs> what is what did you say he discovered pneumonia some kind was it pneumonia? Viral pneumonia
0: he wrote, yeah, viral pneumonia.
1: Yeah, he he he, he discovered viral pneumonia. It's fa- fantastic. Yeah, so it to, so then we knew how to me. treat it better. Yep. Oh brother. You know, I came across some articles about uh tart cherry extract. Have you ever used that?
0: I never have but I no, I have not.
1: Well they they say that tart cherry extract is good for uh inflammatory situations like osteoarthritis you uh, know to, to decrease the C-reactive protein and also good for uh gout. Of course I don't want to give that Did you see
0: Did you see any any research on that?
1: Um well this was by Dr but Dr Richard Becker on television actually I saw it. <laughs> I said let me let me let me take this. Let me see well, and then he he quoted some articles and and he said it uh, it works on osteoarthritis and cartilage. He said and it can improve everything in your body and everything inflammatory. So uh um it improves many many conditions. So I I don't know. Uh, I never used it myself, but I when I talked to my wife she said she's used well, okay. She's using it for, for osteoarthritis.
0: Well, I, you know, again, if you, you want to take a shot, I, you know, I'm trying to give some of our listeners something, you know, a, a journal article or some research that wasn't paid for by the company that's selling it. That's what we we'll have to do some research into that, Dan.
1: Yeah, yeah. To see this, if there's anything this, out there, uh, this was not by the this was not by the company, but of course, this particular doctor sells the stuff himself, I believe. So, you know, yeah, that's some consider and then he also brought up the negatives that you brought up many times on statins about the I
0: I, I don't know why physicians other than it's just too hard to explain to patients how to be on a Mediterranean diet and how to exercise why they would prescribe statins as much as they do when they're only 2% effect only 2% of the population needs them
1: really crazy I think that was, also, that was also mentioned that if somebody had a heart attack and you have real bad uh, uh, inflammation, in some cases it might be good in that uh, lower amount. But the fact that in seniors it was also mentioned that uh, now a higher LDL was actually better than a lower LDL.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Doctor Doctor Bill William Douglas reported on that years ago, and the biggest study, six thousand patients, was out of Italy. They survived right. longer than the ones that were treated had low LDLs.
1: With William the and, Douglas, and uh, I I believe he 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 mentioned that the uh, uh, especially for seniors over over sixty five, and he did have Doctor Sinatra on the show. This particular doctor. So we also well, not. I
0: have the article about over 65. I mean, that, that, that is a proven fact now. That's, there's just no reason uh, why, why, why people should be given uh, statin drugs over 65. Unless, like you said, there are some circumstances because right. they are an anti inflammatory drug. There are some circumstances. But just to give them out because of a number is, uh, is, is really poor medicine.
1: Boy, boy, now, I, I had it. an
0: attorney, attorney, attorney friend in uh, Philadelphia when I was living there. He used to call them, uh, uh, let's see, what are the statin drugs called? Uh, anti, oh, Lipitor. He used to call it, uh, how, what the hell do he say? Lipitort. Lipitort. Yeah, Lipitort. Like he, he knew he, he he's, he's going to sue him, uh, for, for all these injuries someday.
1: Yeah, and uh, I don't know if this is ever going to happen, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's happening now because you see so many of these lawyers with their, with these newer drugs. I look at some of the names and I say, huh? D- did it come out yet? I haven't even heard of that one yet.
0: Well, to get to get off the track a little bit, I mean, some of these drugs like Zyrto and all that, there's no antidote. I mean, when you start bleeding, that's it. You got to wait right. till the drug wears its, you know, goes through its half life. There's no antidote. Like if you take a warfarin, you can get vitamin K and 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 reverse it. But some of these newer drugs have no antidote. Now that's scary. Yeah.
1: Oh, the, the one thing uh, one thing that was mentioned about the tart cherry extract, there is uh, there's no problem with the thinning the blood with the warfarin and things like that. But that has to be looked into further, I think.
0: Yeah. let before we uh, just do an advertisement for it.
1: No no no, no. I, I just I just I just uh, I just mentioned it because I was listening to the uh, to the uh sh- show on it and it uh, it's, it it sounds good but the uh, statins are getting I think more and more negative publicity as time goes on uh, and I think it, it might it. get worse
0: All right let me ask you Dr Dan yeah. have you ever heard of a town called Acciaroli
1: Acci say it again
0: it's Acciaroli, it's a town in southwest Italy, and there's no place like it in the world.
1: Of course, it's up north, isn't it?
0: It's south of Naples. Let me just, I'm wrong
1: then, I have a long town, okay. I didn't
0: clue you in on this. We're going to talk about this, ladies and gentlemen, in a couple of weeks when we do a show on centenarians. It is a home, Acciaroli, to an extraordinarily high number of centenarians. More than 1 in 10 of the population of 700 is over 100 years old and has been studied. They did a real long study on that. And this was done uh, by the uh, physicians from Rome, Sapienza University, and the San Diego School of Medicine in California. Senor, can you spell the
1: name for me? Could you spell the name of it? I want to look this up on the Internet. How do you spell the name of it?
0: A-C-C-I-A-R.
1: A-C-C-I-A-R.
0: O-L-I.
1: Oli. they okay. found that
0: these people had incredibly good blood circulation okay <laughs> the re- the research team analyzed blood samples for more than eighty of them and discovered extremely low levels of a hormone that widens your blood vessels they were sim they said they were similar to people in their twenties and thirties
1: Okay. Wow. low level.
0: That's what you want, low levels. Right. Uh, it's incredible. The research team uh, has other things that that they're talking about. And we're gonna. I'm gonna save some of this. And I, the people in Achaloli tend to eat locally caught fish, home reared rabbits and chickens, as well as olive oil and home grown vegetables and fruit. The study also noted that these people in this town all eat rosemary, which is thought to improve brain function. And local varieties of herbs are set to be studied in, in the next in the next uh, research paper. So we're going to talk about it. It's a great uh, uh, testament that people can live without drugs. "Quote: Sexual activity among the elderly appears to be rampant." The <laughs> said. It said maybe living long has something to do with that. It's probably the good air and, and the good joy of life. <laughs> so, we'll talk a little bit more about this 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 town, ladies and gentlemen. When we talk about centenarians and uh, and how they they have a good attitude, and I used to say a, a bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't you can't go anywhere until you change it. You know. So these people have. Wasn't this really like your good... your
1: four H's too that you talk about all the time? Yeah, well,
0: actually, we, you know, even though today the 4-H club uh, was uh, how to be happy, healthy, horny, and high, well, you can't do it on drugs. You cannot do it on drugs. You can do it by staying away from drugs that can kill you. Uh, You know what? I just can't believe how the time has gone by here, Dan.
1: Uh, Let me let me just, uh, huh? Holy mackerel! Where did it go? You believe that? It disappeared.
0: It's almost it's a by. I wanted yeah, to talk a little did. bit about FDA, the, uh, the cosmetic industry, and how the FDA is letting that uh, just go crazy. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, just give me a second. I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Dr. Dan brought up a good point, but I think it's going to take more discussion in a couple of minutes, and that's MRIs with gadolinium. And we can talk about that next week. That this The fibrous syndrome that it causes could be life-threatening, okay, uh, so I, I just don't want to just bring that up at the end of the show I think that's going to take uh, a good 20 minutes to discuss but I, I do want to remind you about um, the DASH to NASH now, what is NASH? Uh, it is the uh, non-alcoholic steatohepatitis non-alcoholic steatohepatitis Anyway, there's a there's a dash to find a drug for it. Uh, it's really serious. It's probably one of the number one cause of liver transplant. I mean, at an advanced stage of illness, you, that's the only choice you have if you have this non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. Uh, 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 I just want to say that the, uh, one thing that's come up over and over again in these people that went for a liver transplant, it was preceded by a fatty liver and cirrhosis, and had nothing to do with alcohol consumption, okay, but one thing that that did make a difference is the fructose, especially in the form of high fructose corn syrup. I think this is so important to bring up. if you look at statistics, the rates of fatty liver disease started climbing not long after high fructose corn syrup was put in beverages starting they started with sodas, and then it's in' everything now, okay uh. It's, it's in uh, ketchup, you know, high fructose corn syrup. If it's just ate and drink, maybe we could, and, and so we could do something about it. But it's a cheap su- sugar substitute, and it's in quote-unquote healthy products like yogurt, high fiber cereals, teas, baby teething biscuits, and the research researchers, if they want to cause fatty liver disease in rats, they give them fructose. So to get an idea of how dangerous this is, one group of doctors in Italy and Turkey have called fructose a weapon of mass destruction. I mean, that's pretty serious uh, to call uh, fructose a weapon of mass destruction. And they have clinical trials to back up why they're saying that, because they say high fructose corn syrup can promote the development of this non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in humans. So just, just let me just close with saying make sure you're not buying any foods or drinks that contain high fructose corn syrup. And that can run from beverages to condiments to sauces to frozen dinners. Read the ingredient label, not the nutrition fact panel where you see the carbohydrate, protein, whatever. Read what's under there in the small print, and okay, the ingredient label. Watch out for ingredients like crystalline fructose, fruk fruit sugar, agave syrup. These are even higher in deadly fructose than high fructose corn syrup. Okay, Crystalline fructose, fruit sugar, and agave syrup. And last, but certainly not least, please avoid a sweetener that's simply called fructose. It may sound like you're doing something healthy, and that's the way they want you to think about it because it's derived from fruit, But, ladies and gentlemen, it almost always comes from genetically modified corn. It's also used to try and trick customers like you and I, who are reading labels and dodging high-fructose corn syrup. It just has fructose in it. Because real fruit is good for you. Don't stop eating it. The fructose in fruit is bound with other nutrients and is metabolized a lot slower and more naturally. So please say no to fructose. Uh, That's what I really wanted to point I wanted to make for you today, so Dr. Dan, thank you for today, this this hour just flew by,
1: and I thank you're, you're very welcome, uh, uh, it, it was, uh, we discussed some some good topics, Dr. Ron,
0: I agree we with went you, went from one and, thing uh, to the other, which is good, and I was a good, uh,
1: a good science wondering show, why,
0: huh? I was wondering why the baseball kept getting bigger, then it hit me,
1: why the, why the baseball is getting bigger?
0: Yeah, then it hit
1: why? me. Ah. Then and it hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get hurt? I'll All come right, over ladies and gentlemen. Me. Next
0: week, we can we definitely have to visit uh, thyroid disease. I, 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 it just blows my mind, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I have a stack of stuff here. I could go crazy. But if you look at page sixty-five. And uh, Dr. Bertha Barnes' book, uh, Hypothyroidism, the Unsuspected Diagnosis, which was written in the 60s or 70s. Let me just see here. Uh, 1976. So yesterday, and a, a, just a great finding comes out from Amsterdam. They say patients with migraine who have subclinical hypothyroid and receive thyroid treatment have fewer and less severe headaches. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Broder Barnes told us this. What, 35, 40 years ago? But nobody was treating subclinical hypothyroidism. We have this whole big study here that comes comes to a conclusion that we know, that any of us who treat patients knew, okay, that it decreased the frequency and severity of migraine attacks and improved the quality of life in patients. Hello, this came out of the University of Athens Medical School Hospital, Athens, Greece. So they say the results suggest that patients with migraine should undergo the thyroid function tests. Well, no, no. Oh God, I don't have words to explain it. I really don't. This is stuff we we know. We, we those of us are in practice. Those of us that know about Dr. Broder Barnes and the hypothyroidism, the unsuspected illness, and of course, uh, I didn't go through the whole thing. They're not. They're not using a desiccated thyroid not using a normal thyroid uh, replacement. But we'll get into that next week. We'll talk about uh, thyroid. I think it's important that we do. I think it's important that we bring up BPA again because even though it's been banned, I found a list of products is in. that will blow your mind, ladies and gentlemen. And we have to be careful of that hormone disruptor that acts like estrogen. And then I want, I want to talk about Cheerios next week. You think it's healthy?
1: We'll talk nope.
0: about it.
1: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you where to get it, but that's not a story. <laughs> but do you know?
0: Do you know about its health risks?
1: Uh, well, the the ones that I see in the stores, I'm not crazy about. To tell you the truth, in most stores, I'm I'm not positive about the health risks. No. I'm going to give
0: you the health risks, and then we're going to sign off. It okay. has acrylamide, sugar, emulsifiers, flavor enhancers, inorganic salts, and tocopherols, and we'll go. Ro- mm-hmm. Through that list and tell you why uh, they're not good for you, uh, and how this the cereal is made. And I do golf with a General Mills guy. I think I, Cheerios is there, and uh, I will have him listen to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dr. Ron. You've been listening to Dr. Ron and Dr. Dan for this past hour and so many minutes. Uh, it's it's always a blast. Uh, and we always feel grateful that you're listening. Uh, Hope you have good – we give you some information you can listen to. Uh, Hope that Dr. Jerry has a safe trip back from Italy. Uh, Thank Dr. Dan for his contribution today. And um, I did have a little conversation with Dr. Dan yesterday. My wife said I should apologize, but I'm not going to do it. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) – I
1: I accept your apologize, Dr. Ron. (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: We'll be back next week, and next week we'll, we'll talk about subclinical hypothyroidism and some others, other, other uh, topics. Dr. Dan, any, any closing words?
1: Um, be, don't be afraid of your doctor. Go in with power. The doctor is to take care of you as the patient. The doctor is there. Write everything down, like I said. Take it home with you. Write it down and keep, keep the information don't be afraid, and make sure you call and get all the results of your test if, you if they don't call you within a reasonable amount of time.
0: Excellent. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're signing off. See you next week. Have a blessed and great week. Ciao, well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of another fantastic program. Dr. Ron unfiltered uncensored along with co-host Dr. Jerry Smith and Dr. Dan we hope to see you again next week Tuesday at 4pm for another great program on medicine and alternative treatment modalities Thank you for listening and with an attitude of gratitude. See you next week.